We're going to jump in here. We have Pastor Christine Coleman in studio with us. And I've been referring to this as the Rwandan Holocaust, but it really was the Rwandan genocide. genocide. And you said yesterday was the 25th anniversary of that. Yes. Okay. You survived that. That's correct. And during the break, Jason, you had asked this question regarding the movie... Hotel Rwanda. Yeah. Right. And you asked how close how, to true that was. Right. right? How, how much of a reality was. Because it was really violent and it showed like rape and, and some... And I'm sure some of those things happened, but I mean, how close was that? Okay. Um, you know, it's a movie. Uh, but the reality of what was happening was evil, wicked. There is no way to describe. I would say the story about saving lives in the hotel was 100% correct. So it was evil. It was awful, wasn't it? It was. And you survived it. Yes, I did. So let's talk a little bit about that. What was your experience during the Rwandan genocide? Uh, you know, everything started off April 6, 1994. Uh, Rwanda had been at war for four years, and Easter break of 1994, I remember I was at my sister's house. Uh, she's married, and she has um, one baby. And it's April 6. I'm planning to spend a whole week but all of a sudden, something inside of me say, you know what, why don't you go to the countryside and visit with your other sibling and visit with your grandparents? So I left in the afternoon of April 6th, and the genocide happened that night. I would never see again my sister, her husband, her baby, who was three months, and everybody who was in the house was the killed except one person who escaped to tell us the story oh my gosh so uh so you left that day and your sister and her husband and the three-month-old baby was killed during yes. that time. now explain to us uh why, why what was going on why were all these people killed so Rwanda, uh, yeah, the people living in exile for many years probably over 25 years so they decided to come back. But when they came back, uh, they chose uh, war. And the war went on for about four years. Then the government of Rwanda decided to negotiate. And while the president of Rwanda was on from signing a peace pact with the rebels, uh, who were led by Kagame, uh, I do believe what happened, Kagame decided to down his plane. Inside the plane, there were two presidents and there were other dignitaries. Mm -hmm. And they all died. And when they died, the whole country, people were very angry because they loved the president and probably because it was not the right thing to do. And so the two tribes, many tribes, Hutu and Tutsi, uh, they began to kill each other. Okay. And which tribe do you belong to? Oh, you know, in Rwanda, you probably don't say that anymore because the issue is so sensitive. Okay. Let me say this. I'm a citizen of heaven, uh, but I love both tribes. <laughs> very, very well. Very well said then. Um, one of the things, and you posted this recently on Facebook, is that the killing is still 
continuing in Rwanda. And I mean, you've been working diligently to yes. bring this forward. I know that you've actually even been to the White House, yes. right? So let's talk just a little bit about that. Yes. So in the beginning, there is a deception going on because the war is stopped in July. And people think, okay, this Kagame person is coming to save Rwandans. That's what the West believed. But most importantly, what Kagame wanted was the power, not necessary to save lives. So he's been in a power since the year 2000. Uh, he, he has put in jail anyone who tried to run against him as a president, including two women. And uh, uh, he is a dictator. In other words, you do what I say. If you don't, I kill you or I jail you. It is so bad. I have never seen a country where people are killed for saying what they believe or for fighting for freedom. So the killings over there, they are used like a spanking spoon or a way to discipline. So people are dying all over. And right now, I can tell you, the whole country is afraid that people cannot even take you and tell you what's going on because they monitor everyone in every household, in every, and every hill, there are informants everywhere. So uh, really the situation in Rwanda is so bad. So they don't want the information to get out about what's really, really happening. And, you know, that's one of the reasons, you know, as we look at the U.S. Constitution, you know, this freedom of speech thing is so important and that's why I find it absolutely shocking that we have on college campuses that we have people that because, quote unquote, they're offended, they they want to shut down somebody else's speech. Even though somebody may some, say something that you don't like, we want to make sure that we protect that. Yes, we need to protect that. Because if we don't, you know, I mean, you can see what is happening in, in Rwanda yes. now. Now, do you still... You don't have to answer this, but do you still have family back there? Oh, yes. I do have a family. I have a friends. I love my country. And I am out here in the United States, and I can be quiet. I need to speak because they cannot. Those who have tried, my brothers who have tried. So this government that in power, they have killed my sister. So when the genocide actually happened, the Hutus, some of the militia, they killed. They, they really killed a lot of Hutus. But what was happening on the other side, the guy that people call a savior, Kagame, he was also killing uh, Hutus everywhere. So I have my family there. They have been put in jail. Um, the Kagame government has killed my two brothers because they are educated. They speak up. And uh, they killed also my sister. The whole family, my whole family was killed by this government. Now, one thing I want to say about freedom of speech. If you're listening to me and you live in the United States, please protect that because the freedom of speech, I'm finding out it's only found really in the United States of America, in our great country. Okay, it is. Uh, it, I think we take it for granted. I think we yes. do. So, we're going to go to break. Um, I have in studio with me Pastor Christine uh, 
Coleman, who survived the Rwandan genocide, which happened 25 years ago on Saturday. Also in studio with me is Jason with Grass Gang Rescue and Support Program. Jason, I bet you've got some uh, questions. Yes, definitely. For Pastor Christine. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we want to hear what your questions are. (laughs) Okay, we'll be right back. Thrilled to have in studio with me, and I apologize, I wasn't getting it right. Jason with Grasp, which is the Gang Rescue and Support Project. Got it, instead of program, <laughs> project. And then Pastor Christine Coleman, uh, who is a survivor of the Rwandan genocide. And uh, Pastor Christine, you said what you, you, what you saw happened during that time, it was nothing but evil. Yes. But, but another thing that I heard you say is it's this quest for power. Yes. And uh, so, Jason, you have some questions for Pastor Christine. Definitely, um, because we, we see, you know, a quest for power on, on the street. Definitely, we uh, with, with some of the, the guys and, and girls we deal with, it's all about the power. Um, so, in this genocide, when it, when it ended, yes. um, how many people, first of all, had, had, had lost their lives? And, and, and what was the end result? I mean, mm-hmm. were the two sides able to... Uh, coexist? Are they able to coexist, or yes. are there two sides to Rwanda, like East Rwanda and 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 West Rwanda, where one tribe lives and the other the other ones do? Yes, thank you. Now, um, the people who died during the genocide were about eight hundred thousand within three months. Okay, eight hundred thousand people. What was the population? It was, at the time, about 70 millions. But wait, because there is more that died. To this day, millions have died. And the world is quiet because what our president has done ever since 2000, the first thing is to get the journalists out. If you speak up, you go to jail or you have to exile. So there is no really journalism. The only journalism is you have to copy and paste what they give you. You can't talk about what is going on. So you're also talking about freedom of the press. You know, we're talking about uh, the Bill of Rights right now of of America. Now, in this post that I think that I saw that you, or or maybe it was a news article that was linked to that, it it seemed to me that it said that still over 100,000 people are being killed every year. Is that correct? Uh, Yes. So... Uh, there is this UN investigation that was done in 1994 after the genocide. Because now we have this guy who comes, he takes over, people think he's a savior, and for a while he stops because he has all the military power. The West is supporting. But once but the West he, is supporting him. Yes, because on the outside he looks like a good guy. Okay. When he gets the power... He begins to kill the Hutus. He begins a politic of revenge. And people will be killed and trucks, hundreds of trucks, will drive them in the deep forest, dig, and nobody sees. Nobody knows. But I was there. I know. And so for many years, the West did not talk about this. But there is a U.N. investigation that was done in 1994, and they alerted together with the State Department. They all agreed we are seeing about 10,000 people being killed every month. That wasn't in 1994, but the truth is that it is still 
going on. It's still going on. Okay. Yes. Jason, any questions? The, I mean, this started in 1994. Yes. And this is 2019. It's many years. And, 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 and like, we're, we're sitting here and not really knowing what this, this dictator is, is, is over there doing. Is there anything that, as, as citizens, um, that we can do? Uh, is there any people we can reach out to? I mean, this is, this is something that... Yes. I, so you, I, I get the feeling you weren't aware of this. Well, I, I was. I didn't. I thought it was over. Like I thought after the movie, the Hotel Rwanda, and everything. I thought everything had been solved. I didn't know this was, was still going on. Where the mass murder stopped. What people were doing? You kill, you put here everybody to see. Now we got a government that is working very close with China. They kill, they hide. Just last year alone, the government shut down. Over 80,000 churches within three months. They Be- shut down 80,000 churches? 80,000. 80,000 80, churches. Yeah, because the church is the only place that is a freedom of expression. You meet, you talk about issues, or you know, they, they put in a prison my husband, my children. That in Rwanda doesn't happen anymore. They kill, you stay quiet. And you, you said China is involved. Yes. Um, which. I mean, with their history of human rights violations, yes, um, that's someone to. I mean, that's some country to really kind of learn from when when you want to uh, mm-hmm. when you want to violate human rights. Um, yeah, but the current uh, our administration, no, to some extent, because when I was there the last time, they told me we know we see the reports that are coming from embassy. They are horrible, and that's why Trump has cut aid to. Uh, Rwanda, but I do think they need to cut all of it, and other nations need to follow. I mean, this guy killed right now in a broad light. We have many videos when he's talking about killing, telling people to kill, and this has to stop. This has to stop, and it begins by having people like you, Kim, thank you very much, opening the door for me to speak up, because when people know, we will act together. This cannot go on. Well, and, you know, that's one of the things I've thought a lot about, and that is the money. You know, it, uh, quite frankly, you know, I think Americans, you know, want to help. And so you say, okay, we'll send money to Rwanda, but it doesn't get to the people. It actually is funding the bad guys to continue to do what they're doing. So you've been pleased with Trump, right, generally? Yes. I, I mean, you've been to the White yeah, House because, to tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, because uh, Trump is the only president who has cut aid ever since the genocide. And you can tell right now, like, uh, uh, Trump has discernment. He knows what's going on. Now, the thing about this president is that he built a beautiful building, a beautiful city, technology. He puts that in your face. In, by, in Rwanda. In Rwanda, but he said you cannot question my human rights. If you look at the State Department, this a human rights, you will just cry because it is so bad. They talk about killing torture, and many things that are really human rights violations. Okay, Jason, I bet one of the things is you're going to want more information on this. Definitely. Definitely. I definitely want more. So, and we're the kids, like the kids. Um, that's really my concern would be, and I mean everybody who, who's going through it, but, you know, when you think of those kind of things, you think of children who are, you know, probably They're separated confused. from their, their parents and, or yeah. have lost their parents and just, I, I just couldn't imagine. Like, it's just amazing yeah. that um, some of the things that you live through and, and some of the things that we, we put ourselves through here. Um, 
it, it's it's a different it's a definitely an eye opener because it you know is. a lot of the things that I deal with here with with kids and, and violence is things that we put ourselves through um, in, in in our own communities. Uh, but when you're talking about governor go, government sponsored, you know. Murder, murder, genocide. It's it's, a, it's on a different level. It is. So it, it, for yeah. me, it's 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 you know I'm I'm compelled to do more um, and want to do more here because I just I can't I can't imagine having to to live like that. Can, can I? I wanted to make one point that I hadn't regarding these, this book, The Other West Moore, and the one that ended up in prison for his whole life. He had a drug business, and I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, my gosh, he has the skills to run a successful business. Mm-hmm. You know, those skills are there, and the opportunity in America is, is so great. What we're hearing happen in Rwanda, I mean, the cruelty to kill your little three-month-old um, niece or nephew, yes. the cruelty there is just heartbreaking. So, okay, Jason, you want more information. Christine, we're trying to get the information out about this. What should people do? What, where can they get more information, and how can they help? Okay, so there is a book that has been released by a Canadian journalist who went there, they did the investigation for 20 years, and she wrote a book called In Praise of Blood. In Praise of Blood? Yes, the crimes committed by RPF. Uh, so if you can find that book, it's a very good, it's a very accurate because she went undercover and discovered and interviewed over 200 people. And also people can check out my website, The Blazing Holy, or actually they may give my website for human rights, ChristineColeman.org. ChristineColeman. Dot org. Again, yes. that's Christine with a C. Yes. Christine Coleman dot org. And you will keep people apprised of that yes. as well. Okay, Jason, um, probably have time for maybe one more question. What would you ask Pastor Christine? How, how do the people of Rwanda that have went through this, how are they dealing with the trauma? Okay, so the trauma is even worse because now you see what's going on. You can't speak when you speak, there are informants everywhere. So it's really bad. Like in a family, the family is being destroyed because this government teach people it's okay to spy on each other. So the kid turning the parents and the parents turning the kids and they get rewarded for doing that. So it's horrible. It's horrible. We need the prayer. We need all the voices we can. We need the action. You know, and I mean, that's something that happened in Nazi Germany as well, you know, that neighbors would report neighbors. And, you know, all of this is so, you know, as we're sitting here thinking about this, I'm thinking, what a, what a beautiful country we live in. You know, the, the idea of America, America was founded not through power, like, like what has happened here. It was founded on this idea that what if everyday people had this opportunity of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness? You know, Jason, as I'm listening to what Pastor Christina said, I'm thinking, you know, these, these young people that you're working with, they're lucky to be here. How are you going to teach that message to them that they have a responsibility that has been given to them? It's, 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 it's a tough thing. I think um, the responsibility we first have to teach them is, 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 is you know, cultural identity. And how important it is to know who they are, where they come from, um, and then 
how important it is to, to take care of their well, families. Cultural it, identity, though. I mean, I, I think I'll push a little. How about that American identity? of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And, I, and I, I'm all for that. But I think we've lost, uh, especially in our communities, black and brown communities, who, who we are as people. And, and, and if we don't know who we are, then we can't be good Americans because this is a melting pot. And it's made up of all kinds of different people who know where they come from and their backgrounds are celebrated. And I think we need to we need to do that, too. We need to we need we need to be those people that uh, that can celebrate our, our histories and our backgrounds too, and, and I think our kids just don't know who we are yet. Okay, well I'm going to push to let them know that they are Americans. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to go to break. Thank you, Pastor Christine. Thank you, Thank you Jason, Thank you. with grass.